This episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to News Dump. Who could have possibly seen this coming? Spider-Man is officially back in the MCU, just about a month after it was double, triple, quadruple confirmed that Sony and Marvel just couldn't come to an agreement on how much of that money that they wanted to share from one of the biggest characters in Marvel's catalog. Mm -hmm. And they have just happened to make this big announcement just a few days, conveniently, before his latest standalone film, Far From Home, is released on home video. Talk about coincidence. It's so weird that it lined up perfectly as almost a marketing tool to announce that the Blu-ray would be available for purchase. We're a conspiracy channel now. Uh-huh. Well, just when people had finally come to terms with the fact that Tom Holland's Spider-Man would not only cease to exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but that Sony would take back 100% creative control of the character, which they have squandered over the years, uh, an announcement was made on Friday of this week, which confirmed that Disney and Sony had settled on a deal, finally, that would allow this character to once again coexist between the two studios. The divorce has stipulations. And now, the mommy and the daddy get to share the child. Two birthdays, two Christmases, hell, even Hanukkah if one of them's Jewish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's got a great life. He does. <laughs> this is good news that Marvel will be involved once again, but it also feels kind of shitty that these two companies use their fan bases as negotiation, as a negotiation tactic by releasing separate press releases back in August with conflicting stories about what was happening behind the scenes. They played us all for fools. Yeah, it was that was that was the ugly point of the divorce. They're like a lot of he said she said. You want to live at my house during the week and weekends at your daddy's, right? 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 Yeah. Anyways, since this was resolved so quickly, it seems like Sony's excuse for the initial separation, Kevin Feige was simply too busy to handle the character, looks like it was a total bullshit PR move orchestrated to take some of the heat off of them for not being able or just outright refusing to strike a deal with Disney and Marvel. But he's got all those X-Men characters now. How will Kevin Feige be able to manage all of these characters? He's also got a Star Wars. And we'll talk about that. Now, we all knew that this came down to money, and Disney was looking for a larger cut uh, for their role in the Sony films and uh, the ridiculous amount of marketing that they were doing for those films by just simply having Spider-Man in the Avengers franchise. The original deal from years back, it basically boiled down to Marvel not making any money off the Sony films and Sony not making any money off the Marvel films. Disney had a bit of a better cut because they were getting merchandising stuff. The deal that was apparently pitched last month that failed, it was apparently proposed by Disney, and it was rumored to have been a 50-50 split between the studios for all future standalone films. Now, this new deal, which was reported by Variety, it makes it seem like the studios found a good middle ground where Sony does get a, give up a bit more of their profit, but not as much as Disney had originally demanded. Here's the deets. Yeah. Quote, in exchange for lending Feige's producing prowess, Marvel and Disney will receive roughly 25% of the profits, according to insiders. Disney will retain its merchandising rights and will put up roughly a quarter of the financing. As part of the arrangement, Spider-Man will also appear in one future Marvel Studios film. Just one. Yeah. They added that the film is scheduled for release on July 16th, 2021. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Two years. So, we're gonna, they're going to be back to getting divorced again in two years. Yeah, that's, the best... Uh, that's what I gather from this. The best uh, proposed film title that I saw for the third in the installment is uh, Spider-Man Home Alone which would just be a joyous romp. Yeah. yeah. Or, or if things go south before then, Spider-Man dies. <laughs> Jesus. Well, no he's way. dead. The character... Well, ah, what, I, it was crazy. Uh, well, yeah. I guess... Yeah. Swung right into a train, 
Didn't yeah. see it coming. Guess you're going to have to try to do one of your reboots again there, Sony. Mm -hmm. Well, best of luck to you. you you'll get it right this time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, alongside the announcement, Kevin Feige released a statement that also potentially hints at further cross-pollination with the characters that Sony owns, saying this, I am thrilled that Spidey's journey in the MCU will continue, and I and all of us at Marvel Studios are very excited that we get to keep working on it. Spider-Man is a powerful icon and hero whose story crosses all ages and audiences around the globe. He also happens to be the only hero with the superpower to cross cinematic universes. So as Sony continues to develop their own Spideyverse, you never know what surprises the future might hold. Venom, single confirmed for the MCU. Please, Kevin, I can only get so wrecked. And uh, yeah, I, also, this brings up a good point. Uh, we get to see uh, Happy banging Aunt May. So that's good. Cool. It's just something to look forward to, I guess, which is nice. Great. <laughs> Tom Holland also seems to be pretty excited about this news, as he should be. And he expressed his excitement through an Instagram post featuring the clip from The Wolf of Wall Street where Jordan Belfort screams, I'm not fucking leaving. Great cool. scene. Yeah. In addition to the news that Spider-Man has rejoined the MCU uh, is a near confirmation from Deadline that director John Watts, who helmed both Homecoming and Far From Home, will also be rejoining the franchise to direct the third movie for Spider-Man. Yeah. So everything seems to be lining up perfectly despite that very public little hiccup last month. Mm -hmm. They use us all for fools. Anyways, that's not the only big story, of course, involving Kevin Feige from this past week. Because if you thought he was busy before, with all the X-Men's and Spider-Men's and potentially Venom, which you still haven't seen, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Elliot, you would understand my excitement if you just watched the damn movie. It can't be more than 40 minutes long. <laughs> I, that'd be cool if you were right. <laughs> uh, uh, again, uh, that was that whole excuse. It was just Sony lying to cover their ass against the hordes of Marvel fans online. Uh, apparently, Feige can't say, I'm good. I've had enough. I'm happy and content with my career because he's decided to take on a huge project that's grown to become even riskier than comic book films were. And that's, of course, Star Wars. Ah, Star Wars, the franchise that everyone likes. Everyone loves. Everyone loves everything they put out. Every new Star Wars, the whole world, they clap. They're like, that's, that's exactly what I wanted. A Star Wars. Star Wars. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. everyone. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you to the actors, the crew, to the directors. <laughs> everyone involved. Well written. Well acted. No complaints. Biggest. Uh, it's the most positive discourse you can find online. In a, in a world that is just yeah. a swamp online, it's good to see something like Star Wars being such a universally praised yeah. project. So, anyways, according to a post from The Hollywood Reporter this week, Feige will be developing a new Star Wars film for Disney after making them billions upon billions of dollars with their Marvel properties. And this is a move that, while I guess shocking, makes complete sense for the parent company because if you can win over comic book fans, you can probably win over anyone. So why not at least try? He's already on the company payroll. Everything he touches turns to gold pretty much. It's the safest move that they have made yet in the Star Wars universe. I don't know. We're catching a Maybe. lot of heat for hiring the Game of Thrones guys. What can we do to... Please, people. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's 100 years of Star Wars. Turns out everyone was wrong about Game of Thrones because they won an Emmy. Yeah. It, we didn't even report on the fucking Emmys. Anyways, well, Street got... No got, one watched the Emmys this year. It had its lowest viewership, uh, I think, in history. Yeah, 60 Minutes had higher viewership than the Emmys. Yeah. Uh, and Schitt's Creek didn't win a damn thing. Although Barry won some, so that's yeah, cool. Yeah, Barry, uh, Barry racked him up. Mm -hmm. uh, Barry and Fleabag did quite well. But um, Game of Thrones, obviously yeah, it is Game the best of, show. Game of Thrones has now been vindicated as <laughs> the best show on television across 
many different metrics. Like so the people get it, have get ready for their Star Wars. Yeah. They've been judged by a jury of their peers, and they have come up as good yeah. and well crafted. So sorry, haters, <laughs> wrong again. Wow, Game of Thrones is great, and the final season was the greatest. It was apparently, perfect. and now they have a trophy to prove it. Yep. Now, uh, anyways, back to the Star Wars news. Yeah, so in their coverage, The Hollywood Reporter stated that Feige had discussed a foray into the Star Wars universe in a late summer meeting with Kathleen Kennedy and studio co-chairman Alan Horn and Alan Bergman, the Allens. <laughs> and when reached for comment, Alan Horn was quoted saying, With the close of the Skywalker saga, Kathy is pursuing a new era in Star Wars storytelling, and knowing what a diehard fan Kevin is, it made sense for these two extraordinary producers to work on a Star Wars film together. Honk, honk. He always has to end it with that because his last name's Horn. Alan Horn. <laughs> <laughs> horn out. We have a lot of fun with Alan. Yeah. Alan, play the horn. <laughs> uh, obviously, there's no further information about the project yet. Just that he's going to be involved. And the soonest we'll probably hear anything concrete about what he'll explore within that universe would be Star Wars Celebration next year. Get your tickets now, folks. Yeah. You fucking... <laughs> you rubes. <laughs> You'll do it. Yeah, you'll do it. Uh, but yeah, it seems like a big win for everyone yeah. for now. And, uh, you know, it'll make it at least a little bit more difficult for the fanboys to complain about the direction the studio will be, will be taking with this property because now they're like, fuck, <laughs> damn it, I love Marvel. It's perfect. I have so many problems with Star Wars. But now, when I, when I throw venom at Star Wars, I'm hurting myself. I'm hurting the franchise I love. The first thing Kevin's going to do is cast Brie Larson. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Ah, uh, yeah. She's the new... Yeah, that, oh, my God. I would love that. That would be hilarious. She's the new Skywalker. I, I, a new era in Skywalkers. I hope he does pre-prequels. That way... Ooh. That way, because, like, right now... Then it's canon. Yeah. She's canon throughout the entire thing. Well, like, just, uh, yeah. Just so that the prequels that we have aren't the actual start of the, yeah. the franchise anymore. There's something... They need to put something before it that takes mm -hmm. place earlier. Anakin's grandma is Brie Larson. And we can stop, we can, we can call these new ones the prequels, and the old prequels are just going to be called the bad ones. Well, anyways, uh, before we get into the rest of the news today, let's take a quick moment to thank today's sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes covering dozens of creative and entrepreneurial skills. Premium membership gives you unlimited access, so you can join the classes and communities that are right for you. Whether you want to fuel your curiosity, creativity, or even career, Skillshare is the perfect place to keep you learning and thriving. Want to become a world-famous, award-winning, and universally beloved YouTube channel like we are? Uh -huh. They've got classes in categories like film and video, graphic design, animation, marketing, and creative writing that could quickly make you better than we are at our jobs. Don't do it. Sounds crazy, I know, but... Yeah, it's Skillshare, and it's yeah. also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. And then you got to be around real people all the time. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month, and because Skillshare is sponsoring this video, you can sign up with the link in the description, and you'll get two months for free on a free trial. So if you are interested in learning a new skill or expanding your knowledge on something you're already involved in, check out the link in the description below for your two-month free trial. All right, now back to the news and our weekly update regarding a movie that people can't shut up about despite it not even being released yet. Mm -hmm. Ugh, I don't even know if I want to see this anymore. It's the Joker. Well, here's another reason why you don't want to go see it. Uh, it's just, well, yeah, the, my safety. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the discourse is very bad. The Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix, it's coming out very soon. Yeah. And in addition to the absolutely exhausting and pointless and stupid conversations online about how this 
movie is a masterpiece that will also apparently 100% absolutely feed into further antisocial behavior from youngsters worldwide who lack the ability to tell the difference between fantasy and reality. Americans now have to worry about getting shot just by going to the film down at the local theaters. Yeah, just add that on top of the pile of reasons that this movie is already annoying, but will be a, just a masterpiece. All of this fucking came out of nowhere. People like people who hadn't even seen the movie just conjured up mm-hmm. this possibility out of fucking nothing about a month ago. Yeah. And it's like reached this point where like once you, you talk about something enough, it becomes real. Yeah. But it's just... it. All, all it is is like, like I don't know, like for one thing, someone got shot at a Batman movie like eight years ago, and the guy was kind of dressed like the Joker, except in the court hearings, he it became very clear that he was not actually dressed like the Joker. He was yeah. just dressed like a weirdo. Mm-hmm. So this is also technically a Batman movie, and but like you know how most movies have a good guy, like <laughs> this movie, the good guy is actually a bad guy, mm-hmm. and people are fucking idiots, and apparently he's gonna cause people to uh, copy everything he does in the movie. It's just like in the '80s when we all saw Scarface and did mountains of cocaine in the yeah. Theater. Surprised I'm even still here. I'm surprised I don't look like Artie Lang after doing that mountain of cocaine and killing everyone in my house. I'm surprised that I was even born with uh, my dad's coke dick unable to get hard and yeah, jack it into my mom's vagina. crazy. Uh, anyways, uh, this is actually a real threat, apparently, uh, because a memo was sent out through official U.S. military channels earlier this week, and it stated the following. The Fort Sill CID office received an intelligence bulletin regarding a credible potential mass shooting to occur at an unknown movie theater during the release of the new Joker movie scheduled on October 4th, 2019. The intelligence bulletin was published by Travis County, Texas Sheriff's Office, and working with the local FBI field office, they have discovered disturbing and very specific chatter in the dark web regarding the targeting of an unknown movie theater during the Joker release. Uh, this also, this letter comes in the wake of another letter that was addressed directly to Warner Brothers from some families of the victims of the 2012 Aurora, Colorado shooting that took place during the screening of The Dark Knight, who expressed concerns over the release of Joker. And as Elliot indicated before, it should be noted here that despite the widespread media reports that the Aurora shooter was inspired by the Joker character, that was simply not true. There you go. Regardless, Warner has issued a statement in response to that letter, which read, Gun violence in our society is a critical issue, and we extend our deepest sympathy to all victims and families impacted by these tragedies. Our company has a long history of donating to victims of violence, including Aurora, and in recent weeks, our parent company joined other business leaders to call on policymakers to enact bipartisan legislation to address this epidemic. At the same time, Warner Brothers believes that one of the functions of storytelling is to provoke difficult conversations around complex issues. Make no mistake, neither the fictional character Joker nor the film is an endorsement of real-world violence of any kind. It is not the intention of the film, the filmmakers, or the studio to hold this character up as a hero. He's a, he's a bad guy. He's not good. He's actually a bad guy, and, uh, you know, there, there are 80 years worth of comic books to back up, uh, you know, that characterization of the Joker as not good, mm-hmm. but just a reminder... So yeah, this is obviously something that in the past wouldn't necessarily affect a lot of people's decisions to spend a night out of the movies. I mean, it's, it, it, it sucks that we now have to be hyper-aware of our surroundings, potentially create an exit strategy, and have uh, the weight of this hopefully false threat in the backs of our minds while simply trying to enjoy a movie. Um, so I, they didn't say what their source on this info was, but uh, from what I've seen, there's a lot of... All the Chan people, they love taking 
news hysteria and stuff and running with it. Yeah. And there's just been like a ton of posts on 4chan and 8chan just like, be careful out there on October 4th, boys. Shit yeah, like that. Like adding to the snowball yeah, of this because news. They, yeah. yeah, because they... Because it causes chaos. Yeah. yeah. They, we those, are the, jo- we're the people, jokers. Those people actually are the jokers uh-huh. uh, of the internet. Um, and then South Park this week, the Mexican Joker episode. Uh, it's all coming to a head. Back? Yeah, South, South Park's, Park's back. TV? Yeah, it's episode one aired this week. I'm Pretty about five okay. seasons behind. Pretty okay. Probably won't ever catch up. Uh, anyways, let's switch gears from our current dystopian reality for a second to bring up, uh, instead bring up some pretty ridiculous movie trivia from one of the best kid-friendly sci-fi movies from the past. Uh, according to a recent write-up from a site that we've never heard of, the crew behind E.T. the Extraterrestrial had some pretty unique ways to bring their titular character to life in the film. Uh, since we hadn't heard about the site before, went ahead, double-checked on this trivia, and yep, it's real. So... Here you go, and uh, this is according to their write-up, and it's called Creating the Character of E.T. for Spielberg's hit movie required $1.5 million, a young actor born without legs, and a -a two-pack-a-day smoker. All of those things are true, and uh, if you're a big E.T. head uh, who's previously dug into this production, this might not be news to you, but it certainly piqued our interest uh, because of this latest retelling. Here's the story. Quote, Steven Spielberg tasked Carlo Rambaldi, an Academy Award-winning special effects artist, with fabricating E.T. It took Rambaldi's team six months and $1.5 million to create three models, a mechanical E.T. operated by cables, an electronic one for facial movements, and a costume that the three actors wore for scenes in which the alien walked. The article continues, The first person to wear the E.T. puppet costume was an actor Spielberg found through the UCLA Medical Center. Matthew Demerit, a 12-year-old born without legs, charmed the cast and crew by speeding around the set on a skateboard. E.T.'s heavy radio-controlled head was placed on top of Matthew's head. He looked out through slits in the 15-pound puppet's chest, and he walked on his hands. Matthew was in the costume for the alien's boozy scenes where E.T. stumbles around the kitchen and falls on his face. (laughs) This kid sounds like he had a great time. Apparently, uh, he enjoyed it. He was involved in a documentary about it later, and, uh, yeah. The highlight of his childhood. Yeah, he got to be drunk E.T., walking around on his hands. Now, further down in the article, it talks about nailing E.T.'s voice, saying, As for E.T.'s famous raspy voice, during the early shooting, Spielberg himself read the lines off camera, like E.T. phone home, intending to dub in a real voice for the final print. Rising star Deborah Winger, who'd recently completed an officer and a gentleman, auditioned for the voice part, and some of her breathing was indeed used in the film. But the voice that finally read all of the lines was a cigarette smoker in her mid-60s. Sound designer Ben Burt was in a camera store in Marin County when he heard Pat Welsh speaking to a salesperson. He asked if she'd always had such a low voice and invited her into audition. Excuse me, man. I couldn't help but notice your fucking insane voice. (laughs) Wow, you sound terrible. (laughs) Uh, He thought her voice was perfect for the part. Welsh spent nine and a half hours taping E.T.'s lines, for which she was paid $380. Apparently, she didn't mind the relatively low pay. Damn. Another enthusiast, just like the man with no legs. Love of the game. How much did the movie make again? Billions. Oh, fuck. Well, uh, in the course of its history, I guess billions, but... So, okay, seems like they probably could have sent her some additional funds after the movie turned out to be a huge success. Sorry, lady. Seems like she was happy regardless, and, you know, she's dead anyway. Yeah. Probably from all the smoking. Yeah. So, oh, well. Uh, Rest in peace, E.T. Yeah. (laughs) As for trailers this week, uh, it's... Pretty much all Netflix, right down the line. You have a new full trailer for Breaking Bad, uh, the El Camino movie. Which looks Bad. really good. Very excited for it. Yeah. I think it's going to have like a couple day theatrical release. or at least Yeah, one day. it's playing at the Draft House and one other. Uh, Check your local yeah. listings. If you live in a city with 
stuff. It's probably there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, uh, the other trailers are, uh, Netflix's film from director Martin Scorsese, The Irishman, that's also coming to theaters for a limited run, looks great, and there's also a new trailer for the final season of BoJack Horseman, but outside of that, uh, you should definitely check out this trailer for A24's Uncut Gems, starring Adam Sandler, which, again, we usually have to remind people in case you forgot, uh, Sandler's more recent comedy offerings, they've been hit or miss. Mostly, mostly miss. miss. Yeah. Uh, he's been fantastic, though, in movies where he's playing a more dramatic role. And this one looks pretty damn good, especially since it's coming from A24. So, huh. Here's the synopsis. Uncut Gems is a crime thriller about Howard Ratner, played by Sandler, a charismatic New York City jeweler always on the lookout for the next big score. When he makes a series of high-stakes bets that could lead to the windfall of a lifetime, Howard must perform a precarious high-wire act balancing business, family, and encroaching adversaries on all sides in his relentless pursuit of the ultimate win. He's a gambling addict. <laughs> He's an addict. And he has to go back to school and do it all over again. <laughs> yeah. In six weeks. Or he loses all of his diamonds. And then he fucks his teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that movie yeah. comes out December 13th, so uh, it Oscar actually does, it does look great. Uh, I know we can't mm-hmm. show anything really here, but uh, go watch it on your own. And uh, finally, I'm almost caught up to you. I'm four or five episodes in. Righteous Gemstones is fucking incredible. Mama said don't do it, but I did it anyway. Misbehaving. <laughs> no, those are just some guys that do car stunts, <laughs> car pranks with. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's a great show. It is a fantastic show. Apparently extremely accurate. And also uh, inadvertently released with some bonus marketing through a, a real life scandal that's hitting the Falwell family. Oh, I, aren't they like always just in a scandal? Well, yeah. But it just happened to coincide uh, very conveniently yeah. with the release of this. But uh, obviously, Danny McBride, uh, fucking just these three no losses. Three. Yeah, the HBO. Yeah, Walton Goggins uh, appears episode three or four. It's it's really I can't even express how great it is. You'll have to just watch it. It is if you liked Vice Principals, if you liked Eastbound and Down, you're definitely gonna love this. Uh, it's basically just about a huge. Money hungry mega church mega pastor church family. family yeah yeah uh, and it's also it's really funny also lots of good drama suspense all the good stuff yeah. so watch righteous gemstones damn it if you still got that HBO account kicking around after Game of Thrones watch it now before they they package it all together into HBO Max and it costs God knows how much yeah exactly yeah uh, anyways if you missed yesterday's episode be sure to check it out because our old boss is going to prison because he's been misbehaving. I haven't gotten to that episode yet. It's my oh, next. It's my literally God. the next episode, so I'll be excited to hear it from the show itself. Anyways, watch uh, watch that episode about our boss going to prison. Uh, there's also a brand new episode of Tech News Day. Check both of those out, and we will see you guys very soon for a new episode of Weekly Weird News. Goodbye. Bye.